1: Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It's a gray, cool, rainy day here in Washington, D.C., but I am basking in the warm glow of a Steelers 52-21 dismemberment of the Carolina Panthers. In an effort to extend my joy, I took the day off from work to make this a four-day weekend, one in which I can wallow in the statistic pornography that outlines the dimensions of this rapturous athletic version of Sherman's March to the Ocean. It's November 11th, 2018, episode 64. It's Tom from the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost.
2: Enjoy this, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, Steelers seem to have a big blowout win once every year, usually in the middle of the year when Coach Tomlin and Ben turn the team around. But, man, as far as blowouts go, this might be the best one we've seen in quite some time. Steelers scored 52 points, the most they've scored since, I believe, 1984. They convincingly, uh, convincingly beat another Super Bowl-capable team. We talked about earlier in the week, there's this group of four teams at the top of the NFL who are kind of head and shoulders above everybody else right now. you got the Chiefs, Patriots, Saints, and, of course, the Rams. Then there's this little group after there, which is the Los Angeles Chargers, the Carolina Panthers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, after last night, we may have seen the Pittsburgh football Steelers take a step towards that upper echelon, at least a little bit closer.
1: Yeah, so we're bringing this mini-episode to you to let you know that we watched it and to just uh, commune with our fellow uh, Steelers fans. We're not going to go in a deep dive, but we have an overview of some of the, the themes we saw.
2: The experience of watching that game can only be described as ecstasy. I was looking forward to the game all day so much, and I just had a good feeling. I knew, of course, the Panthers could win. I feel like the two teams are very evenly matched. The Panthers have a couple stars on defense, which I think kind of gives them the edge in terms of offensive and defensive balance, but as amazing as cam is i'm taking cam i'm taking ben ab and juju and connor over the the uh the talented cast on offense for carolina i'll say this though i I did have a feeling that we would win last night if not just for the fact that the home team wins these thursday night games something like 80 or 90 percent of the time i know ben is now seven or eight and oh Thursday night games himself but it's just a tough task to ask a team to play on Sunday and basically not practice all week because usually NFL teams they get the day off on Monday then they watch film on Tuesday then they practice on Wednesday while Carolina was already getting on a plane so I don't think that takes away from the Steelers win actually I know that that advantage doesn't take away from the Steelers win at all Um, it might explain partially why it was such a blowout, but I had a good feeling uh, that the Steelers would get it done. And I really think they took a huge step forward, particularly Ben, the feet master and the offense, who seemed to have knocked the Saran wrap off this game, similar to how they did last season at the midway point when they knocked off uh, the Tennessee Titans with an aerial attack under the lights in the color rush uniforms.
1: Yeah, I could have had that game go on until 3 a.m. and I would have stuck with it to the end. Like somebody was saying, if you're just a casual observer, you turn that game off early, but uh, it was glorious. I will say we've, we've looked at those statistics about Thursday night football, and although the home team has an edge, I mean, that uh, that was a beatdown of epic proportions that would not have been predicted. At least if you're if you extrapolate that first Carolina drive, you said this is just going to be a shootout. Yeah.
2: So the game started with Carolina going down the field and just dismantling the Steelers defense. It looked so easy and it looked odd. And honestly, after that drive happened, we sighed a a sigh of um, familiarity there as we've seen the Steelers defense get dismantled many times, but we talked about how, Hey, the Steelers have been riding a four game winning streak. They've played some okay to bad offenses. This is their first time seeing a good offense since the chiefs game. It's the speed of the game is going to intensify the first game, the first drive of the game. Carolina gets to script it. You know, there might be an adjustment period. Also Carolina's offense is weird. It's, it's very odd. Both a ton of reverses and wide receivers running the ball and cam Newton, this power running quarterback. So it wasn't shocking to see Carolina go down so easily, but obviously the tides turned pretty much immediately when Penn hits a 75 yard touchdown to juju on the first play. And pretty much they didn't look back from there.
1: And uh, as we point out, the defense and special teams created created offense and that first, but was it 11 seconds within 11 seconds? we had scored our second touchdown with Vince Williams interception.
2: Yeah. So if you want to look at, um, you know, some of the reasons for why it was a blowout. Well, let me backtrack for a second here. I, I want to tell the Steelers fans that I know we've been outlining the fact of the Thursday night, this, that, or whatever, but at the end of the day, this was a great win over a high quality opponent. I think obviously the Steelers best win of the year kind of goes without saying, but nine times out of 10, you're not going to blow out the Panthers like that. I mean, you're not going to blow out almost any team like that, but the Steelers were going to win this game either way, because after that first drive that Carolina had, the Steelers offense was almost perfection. And what you were just saying about the defense and special teams. Well, the right after the Steelers scored that play to Juju, Carolina got the ball back and they tried to run a naked bootleg in their own end zone with Cam Newton, which is to say a naked bootleg for anybody who doesn't realize It's like you fake a run play to want to like the left side, which is what they did. And it's a stretch run play that you're trying to fake. You're trying to make it look like you're handing to Christian McCaffrey so he can go up the the left sideline. And in that case, oftentimes you won't block the defensive end on the other side, which is T.J. Watt, because if you're running the ball, he's not going to be able to run down Christian McCaffrey from the other side of the field. So that's what they're trying to make the play look like. Cam then takes the ball and tries to roll out around TJ, but TJ so athletic and he was disciplined. He stayed on him and he made the tackle on Cam in the end zone who just idiotically threw the ball to nobody and Vinnie returned it for a touchdown kind of how that play went down but I think the reason for why the blowout was so substantial was because of Rosie Nix forcing the fumble on the on the kickoff you get a free possession of the 10-yard line and the defense scored an extra touchdown so like I said Steelers would have won either way I think if you want to know why the blowout was so intense uh, those plays coupled with just the coincidence coincidental
1: offensive perfection from that game is why it was such a blowout If you want to encapsulate this, uh, the Steelers had 10 drives and I'm going to kick out one of them because they had a minute left at the end of the first half out of 10 drives. We scored seven times. It's unbelievable.
2: Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, and we've been talking about this next point quite a lot, but it was big game. Ben, big game. Ben, what do we always say about Ben? He's a little bit streaky, but when he's gets hot, no one gets hotter. Even Hansel can't get hotter. Kate Moss. She looks like a piece of crap compared to Hot Ben. He now is, the, is tied for first place all time in terms of uh, being a quarterback who has played Four perfect games. That is, there's been four games in Ben's career where he has had a perfect passer rating. Him and Peyton Manning are the only two people to ever own that title. And what was he, like 22 or 25, five touchdowns, no interceptions, and finally hit those deep balls, particularly the deep touchdown Antonio Brown that we've been begging for all year. The first touchdown to Juju was was gorgeous, but it was another incident where he pumped fake Juju free and they got kind of a freebie. Well, the one A.B. is one we've been looking for all year, which is where he hits a contested downfield pass. A.B. gets the touchdown
1: and Ben was just on fire. Yeah. And again, 22 for 25, as it was pointed out several times, he had uh, more touchdown passes than incompletions
2: yes he did and five different receivers caught those touchdown passes jesse jesse james caught one vance mcdonald caught one a b caught one juju caught one and even jalen samuels the rookie running back caught a touchdown you get a touchdown you get a touchdown you get a touchdown that's what ben was saying and then he chilled on the bench for the fourth quarter it's the way it should be we're like alabama out there
1: he's like santa claus to his uh teammates yeah hey he so was. uh so one thing that was really interesting is just the Offensive game plan, and we're giving credit to the feet master. If you look at the the concerns about the red zone, are are a fading memory. Is a fading memory. We were four for four last night, and now lead the NFL with uh, almost a seventy nine percent red zone success ratio. I mean,
2: it's seventy eight percent, right? Seventy eight and a half. You're basically at eighty percent touchdowns when you get in the red zone, this is unbelievable. And this has been sustained over the course of the year. I'm sure the numbers will come a little bit back down to earth, of course, but I don't know. I think that this thing is here to stay. Feetner has been unbelievable in terms of, uh, of turning this team around in the red zone and on third downs. There's so much variety in the game. Like we said, you got to give Ben credit for getting it to five different guys for touchdowns, but that's also Feetner drawing up those plays. Also, another thing to note in the game was, I like how they didn't really play Connor that much. They didn't need to. Um, Mike Tom, obviously, he did go leave the game with a concussion. It didn't seem that serious because he was waiting on the sidelines, and it looked like uh, Mike Tomlin told him just to just to go hit the showers early. Um, we haven't got a report on that yet as of uh, taping this podcast, but I love how they realized, Listen, we don't really need him in there. It's kind of pouring pouring points for Pittsburgh, and Mike Tomlin said that. You know the guy just got a ton of carries. Like four days prior, we need to save him and rest him up. And I think that's an awesome idea because he's already on pace for one of the Le'Veon four hundred touch seasons. And yeah, the guy. He, I mean, he was amazing when he was in. So you see, you can't lose him for a whole season,
1: right? Something that um, we didn't do for on last year, and I don't know whether uh, that was a lack of confidence in Connor, but certainly after what we saw last night, uh, Glad that Ridley and Samuel's got a chance to play, but they are going to be no substitutes if Connor is not available.
2: No, I like, I. you know what, I was such a, a hater of the decision to draft Jim Jalen Samuels in the fifth round or whatever it was. I just looked at him as a tweener, like, okay, you're not strong or fast enough to play receiver, to play running back. You're not fast enough to play receiver. What are you? But honestly, he's looked better than I thought in this regular season action. He's kind of a... Like a James Harden type player where he's not moving that fast, but he's just instinctual and he's very intentional with his movements where he's able to pick up yardage and um and clearly we haven't seen him get to catch the ball that much, but that's supposed to be one of his skill sets. I'm glad that they're at least warming him up now because it'll help if he can take a couple carries off of James as the season goes on.
1: Sure. Those are I mean, what we did not touch on is the defense. Now Carolina presents some really unusual, uh, some unusual looks. Uh, McCafferty is just uh, McCaffrey. Sorry. McCaffrey. <laughs> McCaffrey. He, a, McCaffrey. McCaffrey. He's
2: quite the leprechaun.
1: Short right. of McGordy. Anyway, very unusual offense, but uh, just stymied after that first. Those were the first two drives.
2: Yeah, the first drive was was bad, but like I said, I do give them a pass on that, and there were some times when Carolina was moving the ball, but you got to give the Steelers credit because the pressure was unbelievable, and yes, Carolina did have a banged-up offensive line like some of these other teams have, Cleveland, Baltimore, they've all had banged-up lines, but hey, so do the Steelers with Gilbert out and firing in nicely, five sacks, and I think. You saw some breakout performances from a couple guys. Last year, at this time of the season, Levion and Ben had really slow starts to the season, and then they both broke out. Well, last night, I think you saw Ben and Cam Hayward break out because he was busting into the backfield to go after Superman all night.
1: Busting into the backfield. <laughs> that should be his memoir. <laughs> Well, look, we're not. Gonna, we we good. just wanted to give you a taste. We're going to get deeper into both the offense and more focus on the defense uh, when we take our when we send our show out next Monday. Just want to let you know we watched along with you. The other good news and two pieces of related news: we placed again our two my bookie bets. We won the first half. I mean, look at this, people. The spread was three points. That was almost a fate to complete. We bet the uh, Steelers would be ahead at half by more than three and win the game by more than three. I'm not wishing that I had bet $500. But anyway, you know, way ahead on that betting. And on our fantasy team, we own the Boz. And our opponent oh. this week owns Connor. How, how, how much better could that have been set up? You would have presumed that Connor would have destroyed us. But uh, in fact, they were almost even. Boz with seven extra points and a field goal. Connor got taken out of the game early with about what, 65 yards rushing.
2: Man, he looked good when he was in there, but yeah, who who would have thought that the kicker is actually going to outscore the running, the superstar running back who like, I don't know if he leads the NFL on touchdowns, but he's up there. I mean, he did it off of pure extra points because we were scoring so many touchdowns, by the way, I think everyone agrees like we said last week, we'd like to see Boz knock the Saran wrap off, too, with a long kick. He attempted and made his first 50-yard field goal of the season, yeah. so
1: everything was going right for the Steelers. Yeah. Hey, so any anything before we sign off here, Nick? We know we just wanted to give everybody a taste.
2: Yeah, just the last thing I want to say is I want to keep building off the themes we've been talking about throughout the year. Last week we said that this team is starting to play a lot better. There's an identity forming in terms of an offense that is very multiple and shape-shifting and a defense that is holding people to field goals and and hopefully starting to get more turnovers. And we said that there's still upside. If they reduce the penalties, the Steelers could maybe – You know, escalate a little bit more. Well, guess what? They only had one penalty. If Ben can go from, you know, average Ben to turning it back to superstar Ben, then those are some things that can contribute to maybe the Steelers catching up with that big group of four at the top of the NFL. Well, both of those things improved. Cam Hayward played better. We know we're not going to score 52 points every game, but listen, man, I still go back and watch highlights of Ben six touchdowns back to back against Indianapolis and the Ravens. I still watch Antonio Brown highlights while I'm planking for 15 minutes at a time as he stretches the ball across the end zone on Christmas day to defeat the douchey Ravens still watch those things. So this is one to remember. And at the same time, I don't think it's totally an anomaly. I think the Steelers are gearing up for, for uh, the rest of the season.
1: Hey, like I said, we'll be recording our next show this weekend, probably on Sunday. There's time for you to let us know what you think questions. You want us to talk about your own perceptions and uh, your own prognostications for the season. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Leave us a note on our website, SteelersOutpost.com, or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Until this week, and uh, thanks for listening. Go Steelers.
0: Okay, bye-bye. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can events.
4: So, I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word Broomgate.
0: Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks.